0: to another episode of Simply Sales and Marketing, and today we have with us Jeff Bajurek. So Jeff is sales trainer, speaker, he's a workshop facilitator, author, coach, advisor, thought leader, ally, and he also has a great podcast called Rethink the Way You Sell. Jeff, welcome to the show.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me here. You know, it's funny, I'm I'm listening to you introduce me and list off all these titles and responsibilities, and I wonder if I'm not spreading myself too thin. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> great. Well, I want to tell the story about how I came across you because we talked about it just before we came on air. I started listening to Scott Ingram's Cell success podcast. If any of our listeners don't know about that, it's a great podcast that deep dives into the top 1% of sellers and um, some really good tactics on there. And your, your episode resonated with me. You obviously have worked in the healthcare or you did work in the healthcare industry selling for 11 years. Then you decided to become a sales coach. Your mom absolutely hated this. She's like, why do you want to go into sales? Which I think is really quite funny. So you started your own business, much to her horror. One of the things that, you know, you're, you're, you also have a podcast, which is a great little short podcast, which you produce, I think, weekly. And you talk on one of those about how you do anything is how you do everything. mm mm-hmm. that really struck a chord with me. Do you want to start off by telling our listeners sort of how that ties back into sales?
1: Well, I think, you know, you you have to think about the way you carry yourself as a human being. Sales, in order to do what we do very, very well, I really believe you have to integrate it into your lifestyle. I, I believe that you have to identify as a salesperson, not just go sell things for a living. I think that's a a big difference between a top performer and everybody else. And so, you know, I was brought up, um, you know, to always be looking to help, uh, to never stand there with my hands in my pockets. There's always something more to be done. And and in some ways, that's, uh, if you take that to the extremes, it can be unhealthy, right? I mean, there's a time and a place for sitting still and being quiet. But if it's not worth doing, or I'm sorry, if, if it's not worth doing well, it's probably not worth doing. And when I think about, you know, how you do anything is how you do everything. Is Do you take pride in everything you do? Do you take pride in the details? Do you blow some things off because you just don't think that they're important? Or are you looking for reasons why it might be valuable to take those things seriously? And, you know, I, I just... At the most razor thin of margins, when you're in a competitive environment, when you are selling things that are very similar to your competitors, um, the way you carry yourself, the details, uh, you know, you don't need to be obsessive compulsive about these details, but you should make sure that you recognize that people are looking for things, right? It's the way you show up. Are you? clean and dressed properly? Are you, you know, always saying thank you? Are you doing the things that you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do them? Like, I think so many salespeople get caught up in this concept of, let me execute this framework. Let me execute this packaged methodology that I bought from somebody on LinkedIn or, or whatever. And they forget to bring them their whole selves to the exchange into the relationship. And all those little details it's your handshake it's the dimple in your tie if you're still one of those people that wears a tie to work every day it's you know it's just are your shoes clean and polished you know it's like I I don't know sometimes those things get taken for granted um and totally blown off particularly as we have become more and more casual um with our appearance at work and I don't think that's a bad thing I don't I haven't worn a tie in a long time (laughs) but I think you know, are you just paying attention to some of the stuff that other people aren't paying attention to? Yeah. I think that makes I think that has made a difference. I promise that has made a difference in my career. Yeah, the,
2: it's almost like the accumulation of all the small things add up and and really make a difference. And, and so does that fit in? The other thing I think that I find really interesting that you've talked about is sell like you. Is is that kind of similar? How does that fit
1: in as well? There's a hundred percent overlap there right? I think sell like you is a, a broader concept than how you do anything is how you do everything. But, um, that, th- what we just talked about definitely fits within that sell like you concept because you have to bring your whole self to your profession. And, you know, it's funny when I first started thinking about that concept and I was at the outbound conference in 2021 and it hit me. And then I went and registered the domain and couldn't believe that no one else had taken it. And, um, wow. then I started thinking, this is more than just using your own words, right? It's, it's, it's certainly about bringing your own frameworks. It's certainly about bringing your own personality to um, the way you sell, but also aligning what you do with who you are. That's a bigger concept. And that's, I think, what, what needs to be explored um, in more detail is, you know, who I am, what I stand for, what I believe in, you know, am I doing the right things for the right people, the right ways for the right reasons? And the right ways is a positive for that because we have a choice. You know, there, there are all these superstitions about, you know, how you had to treat customers or you had to buy them things or you had to take them places that you didn't want to go. And all these this whining and dining and not entertaining and stuff that made a lot of people uncomfortable. And, these stereotypes have been proven and we see them in movies. We see them on TV. We, we hear the stories. We just, it, you, you talk about the the men's club that sales used to be. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way. But the thing is so many people, and Charlotte, it's funny. You, you mentioned my mom was like, why on earth would you want to get into sales? And then start a sales training business. Like, wait a second, who are you? Um, <laughs> You know, it's like it. My mom didn't understand. She's she's coming around. She's actually one of my podcast's biggest fans. It's kind of fun to get. <laughs> yeah. once in a while. And and you know, she's like, I, I said, mom, it doesn't have to be that way. There's so many other ways to be effective. There's so many other ways to communicate value. There's so many other ways to build relationships with integrity. And I, my mom is like the 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 shining example of that old mindset. She's so afraid of that. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. And what I'm trying to do, it's my mission is to show people that you can do it. Not only not only put your own spin on old tactics, but you can actually say sell in a way that reaffirms how good you feel about the person you are. And that is something that is not being talked about. Yeah. And we kind of get there a little bit. You know, uh, Larry Levine is a friend of mine. He talks about selling from the heart and Todd Capone, of course, is a great friend of mine. And he talks about selling with transparency. And Andy Paul wrote a brilliant book called Sell Without Selling Out. They all kind of hit this same point from a different angle, but approaching it from this place of integrity. And when you have integrity with what you do, you can believe in why you do it and how to do it. And then when you execute well, in a way that makes you feel good, you get great results, world-class results that then reaffirm your integrity and it becomes this virtuous cycle that s- just keeps going up. That is how top performers rise to the top. Charlotte, we were talking beforehand about how you became a, a top performer in this role. At some point you had to make this jump to say, this is the way I'm going to do it because this just feels right. And then that had to be complete or, or continually reinforced. I've yeah. never talked to a top performer who hasn't had that story.
0: Yeah, and I'm somebody that was definitely bogged down by the old mindset of selling Mm. and the SaaS bros, or we call it an old boys' network in the Mm -hmm. UK. Um, You know, I I work very hard, but there was this always—you have to take the client out, the prospect out, entertain. um, You know, there would be people where where I used to work where they would say, um, "Would you like to have an interview?" Um, pretending they were journalists because um, I worked for a media company mm-hmm. to try and get book a meeting with a prospect and then sell to them. I mean, that in itself is, is you're not acting with integrity. And as you say, you can't do anything well unless you first off believe in your product. And second, it will primarily believe in yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where it all comes from. The sale, The sale begins and ends with belief. You begin by believing you can make it and you end by believing you can make the next one and it's it's really interesting that is something I've never had anybody deny that I've talked to a lot of people about this I've never had anybody disagree with that nobody trains on that
2: mm-hmm.
1: nobody specifically focuses on that in a sales organization, you know, a VP will bring in a sales trainer like me and they'll say, okay, I want you to teach my team how to prospect. I want you to teach them how to close. I want you to teach them how to ask great discovery questions. And uh, I want it done cheap. I want it done fast. And the goal is if we give them the skills and give them the space to practice those skills, then they're going to feel more confident. And then they're going to not have that reluctance because they will have practice. They will have the routine down. And practice does make perfect. Good practice makes close to perfect, right? Perfect practice makes perfect. But um, if there is not alignment between what is being taught and who those people are who are receiving that message, they will still find a way not to do it. That's human nature. We don't act in ways that are, that we don't consistently act in ways that are inconsistent with our values. Yeah. And, And so if something just doesn't feel right, you will find a way to procrastinate, I
2: promise it's um it's a powerful idea, but it's also such an obvious one it's you you know you talk about the training you can go through the tactics, but they're easily you know forgotten or you know you cut back if you you sell them that idea, it's something that they can really take with and throughout their whole career isn't it?
1: Well, I think there's a difference between selling things and knowing how to sell, certainly, and that gap has been exposed constantly, uh, at least, you know, um, recently, uh, through the pandemic, when all the people who used to sell in person, they say, Oh, I can't make sales now. Cause I can't get in front of my customers. I'm like what the phone doesn't work that <laughs> you can't do a, a video call. Well, I'm like, Oh, so you were never actually making any sales. Your corporate credit card was picking up the bill for a lot of stuff. And then you basically <laughs> use the law of reciprocity to, 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 create some momentum. So you could ask for an order. You have been exposed. The emperor has no clothing. Right. (laughs) And that, I think, I just, I think that's become more prevalent recently. But when you think about what needs to happen, right. Prospecting is about getting people's attention that gets missed. And uh, there are a lot of ways to get people's attention. And you know, what we like to argue about is that the phone is dead. Um, long live the phone, email is the best way to do it. But then you got a bunch of people, you know, six ways till Sunday being uh, criticized for their email tactics and their social media outreach and all these things. And everywhere you look, someone is telling you you're wrong. Everywhere you go. And what does that do? All that does is increases the level of doubt in a seller. That doubt creates resistance. And the only thing that loses is execution. We have salespeople so afraid to sell. I'm sorry. We have Salespeople are so afraid to be salesy that they're actually afraid to sell. And the, the echo chamber is just, it's, it's enormous and it's very, very loud. And what I'm trying to get across to people is that we need to remind ourselves of what we know to be true. And that is we have something of value to share. We have differentiated means and ways of solving problems. And we bring our own creative solutions to the table when we solve these problems. And the truth of the matter is we have to put ourselves in front of people that we don't know and give them ideas about how we may be able to help them. And there is nothing wrong with doing that. There's nothing wrong with doing that in a multitude of ways as long as you're respectful. And I think we also have to remind ourselves that what, you know, If I'm trying to get a hold of one person over here, I may have to reach another person in a completely different way. And so looking for that silver bullet, as it's referred to, is a futile exercise because people are going to respond to different things in different ways. So you just got to go do the work. But we're so afraid to do it wrong that we don't do it at all. And that does not help anybody. That's the biggest problem.
0: Yeah. And this, if you don't believe in yourself, as you're saying, if you don't have that integrity, then you're not going to be able to execute. And it's what we're seeing now. You mentioned about sort of the taking the prospects out for dinner. A lot of that was happening pre-pandemic and suddenly everything shifted to digital. And so many salespeople don't know how to do that. And it's like adapting to, to this new landscape. But it's also, I think the pandemic has exposed all those salespeople who were in sales for the wrong reasons, right?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely, um, the posers have been outed. Um, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people who just bring their networks to their work, and then spend company money to live for a while, and then when that, you know, when, when they overstay their welcome, they move on to somebody else. And look, go make a living. Go make a living however you want to do it. That's fine. I just think that there is so much integrity in selling the right way that people like that give people like me and you a bad name. They give us uh, really a uh, they paint a bad impression of us. And you show me a top performer. You show me someone who is exemplary in our profession that isn't detail oriented. That doesn't have a tremendous amount of integrity with what they believe. Now, granted, some of those top performers have different beliefs than I do. That's okay. It's okay. It's clearly working for somebody. But there's alignment between who they are and what they do and why. Mm. And, you know, I choose to encourage people to use those powers for good, obviously. Um, But just look at the common traits of the people who succeed in our business. And it's more than just hustle. And it's more than just long work hours and early mornings and routines and things like that it's a such a dogged belief and alignment with who they are and what they do that they can't help themselves but to do anything else yeah yeah and, you know where that energy comes from it, it comes from the passion that, that comes along with creating results that no one else can create mm.
2: you um you you touched upon alignment there i mean we're very big Name of our podcast, Simply Sales and Marketing. You've worked with many salespeople. You've trained a lot. How important and how do you think the relationship can be better aligned between sales and marketing?
1: Communication. One of my favorite, I I think is one of the best sales I ever made. Um, I just started with a new company. This was January of 2009. And one of our marketing interns, he was a graduate assistant um, intern, and he was on with our company through the fall and we brought kept him on. He's good. We kept him on. And uh, I met him in person at our national sales meeting in January. And he said, wow, it, Jeff, it's great to meet you. Um, it has got to be great to be a salesperson for this company. I'll bet given our product, given our reputation, I'll bet nobody ever tells you no. I mean, how great is that? I said, oh, <laughs> why don't you come and ride with me for a couple of days? Let do you just see what is really going on here? So it took us a couple of months to get everything figured out. But he came and um, he, he came to my house and, you know, we had dinner and everything, got ready for the, 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 the next day. We are preparing for a meeting at a hospital in a coffee shop. And I said, all right, we have a few minutes. This is what we're offering. This is what, the hospital is up against. This is what these surgery centers are up against. Let me lay out all of the X's and O's for you. And he looks up at me, takes a sip of his coffee, makes direct eye contact and says, Jeff, I don't know why anybody would ever buy from us. I said, now you're ready. I said, Now you're ready because everything you said, everything you said in, in January is true. We do have, I think, the best product out there. I think we do things differently than anybody else does. I think our integrity, I think everything that we do that we bring to this industry is top notch. But in reality, this is the perception that our customers are dealing with, and it's different. And to them, none of that stuff that we talked about matters. How are we going to solve this puzzle? And he's like, okay, now I get it. (laughs) And our relationship grew over the next six years He has grown and moved on and done great things with other companies. I moved on and did great things, you know, after this company. But um, that was one of the best sales I ever made. And from that point on, he understood what I needed. I also understood what he needed. Right now, this is not a one-way growth story. This is like, okay, now I know what your constraints are within the company, who your internal customers are, what your manufacturing and, and marketing and product creation constraints are. Um, how do we work better together? And that was – I still talk to him every once in a while uh, now. It, it's that communication, that mutual empathy, that recognizing that you're on the same team um, kind of attitude, but, but also – being able to acknowledge where each department if you will is coming from I think is vital that's what needs to happen more often
0: yeah absolutely I always like to bring uh, our marketing team onto some of my calls so that they can hear from the horse's mouth exactly what the prospects are saying and why why they don't buy because they need to really understand that and they need to be mm-hmm. able to then create um, you know a really good marketing campaign around sort of that objection handling and that you know how does our Solution solve a problem. Mm-hmm. We've got so much to talk about. There's so many <laughs> questions that I can ask you. I think we're gonna have to have you back for another episode. But coming on to the next question, now we've talked about obviously integrity and believing in yourself. We talked about how sales was, you know, in the old mindset, as your mom says, um, was a really, you know, disrespected profession because a lot of it was centered on dishonesty and almost trying to get one over on your prospect. What else, Jeff, do you think should stop in sales and also in marketing tomorrow if it was down to you?
1: Oh, wow. What should stop? Well, complaining, but that's too easy. <laughs> yeah. um, I think I think everybody needs to take a collective deep breath and just reset. So I, I don't know exactly what what that is stopping. That's stopping a lot of things. It's not specific enough to answer your question, but I think what needs to happen is that collective deep breath and the recognition that um, our world's foundations have been destroyed over the last three, three years, right? The foundations have been shaken and we need to get back to firm ground. We need to um, reaffirm what we know to be true And we need to kind of check in and make sure that what we're doing and what our plans are and what our plans have been are based on that truth, not just what we hope for things to be. It was on a podcast recently with Jen Allen on the the challenger, winning the challenger sale. And you know we're talking about the best practices only being best um, in the presence of truth. And if you're telling yourself a lie, if you're forcing yourself to believe something that isn't true, it's funny how rarely those best practices actually work very well because they, the assumption is that you're, you're acting with all the correct information and they're all out there on the table. So I think people need to stop lying to themselves. How about that? Hmm. Yeah, that's Absolutely um i
2: also just i think complaining let's you said it let's get rid of it i think we're all guilty at times but it's an obvious one but we'll put that in room 101 (laughs) i think well the the other final thing everyone that comes on we always want to you know i think it's been really insightful for everyone listening but uh either a practical tip for our listeners you know that could be an account worth following a book a podcast or you know just a thought that, that you live by
1: um stop doubting yourself I recognized this early in my career that I felt like I knew what was the right way to do it, but what did I know? And so when it came to sales, when it comes to anything, I think this, this makes sense. Like you're a smart, highly intelligent person and you know yourself better than anybody else. And if something feels right to you, it's probably the right thing. I've never known anybody whose intuition has led them wrong. Yet most people will talk themselves out of that intuition and follow something else that is more proven or has a better track record or whatever. But, you know, when I come back to this point about top performers, you know, finding a way to give themselves permission to sell like themselves, what always happens is, oh, wow, I knew this to be the right way. I just didn't believe it. Pay attention to that voice inside your head. Pay attention to that feeling in your gut. It's never led me wrong. I don't know anybody who has been led <laughs> wrong or, or astray by their own intuition. Yeah, I think
2: that's something I live by as well. And, that and you know, I don't know whether it's confidence or experience with some, but, you know, even if you don't get it right, you want to kind of live and die by your own ideas and, you know, your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to, I think, what you said at the beginning, which is sell like you. You know, you don't want to be anyone else by yourself.
1: Uh, That was my moment. I I got that new job, same job that I was referring to before. I got that job and I said, here's the thing. I've been suppressing a lot of instincts for a long time and I'm done. It's either going to work this way or maybe I'm just not cut out for this. Yeah. And everybody has that moment at some point in time. And some are more dramatic than others. Um, As I retell it to people, it sounds a whole lot more dramatic than it was, you know, 13 or 14 years ago as it was, but that was the difference maker. And what's just so fascinating to me is every top performer I talk to, they all have a similar story.
0: Very powerful. And again, I'm someone who I doubted myself and my abilities for many years, uh, selling, you know, commission only as well, which led me to do mm-hmm. some very unorthodox things and discount like mad. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's been a journey and I've kind of reached that that level later than and the message I want to give to sales people who are listening is that, you know, you, you, you need to start now. Um, you know, don't waste your, your twenties or your thirties, um, full of self doubt, do something about it.
1: It's so rewarding. And that's the, it's, it's so rewarding to, to decide not to waste that time. Like you're leaving actual fulfillment on the table. Most people don't recognize that when you do something really well in a way only you can do it, that reaffirms your integrity and creates, exul- or creates results for people that no one else can create, you get so much more than a commission check out of that. It's living. and it's, it's, it's the right way.
0: This has been an amazing episode, Jeff. So it's been great having you on. Tell our listeners where you can be found.
1: Um, my favorite place for people to find me is the Rethink the Way You Sell podcast. And so if you are listening, obviously Yay. listening to this podcast on a, on a podcast player right now, um, just go. You can search for my name or you can just search Rethink the Way You Sell. Um, my website is JeffBajorek.com and you can find me on LinkedIn at Jeff Bejorik.
0: And to all our listeners, don't forget to give us feedback, give us a star rating, hit the bell so you don't miss an episode, and we'll see you on the next show.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks, Jeff.